Hello. Hello, hello. Hey, all right. So we are good to go. Um, so what is the topic for today? Well, first off, I just want to say welcome Butts McGee to the show. Okay, so my so on this little service that we're recording on for our for our uh, naughty sinners who are listening at home, uh, there's this little app that we're using, um, and what it does is it like does a lot of like high quality recording and editing and stuff but and so you've got to uh make a first and last name uh for your profile you know when you get the app and so scott has made the very clear and reasonable decision of making his first and last name wanton soup or wanton soup rather and so that works uh, I didn't think that it would be relevant, so I just made it mm, Butts McGee because I was in a hurry. I was trying to get the thing. I It was between Butts McGee and Hey, 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 It's Old Hickory Ham Mike. But that didn't fit. But that didn't fit, right. But Wanton Soup is just the name of the podcast and the name of the game is... We're just going to latch on to the first topic that sticks and talk until... By God, we just can't talk no more. So, what it, what is the first topic that sticks? What g- give me give me that good sticky resin? Give me that good sticky topic. Well, one thing I've recently dived down the rabbit hole of. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. There is a uh, a travel wiki. Okay. It's uh. What is the name of this little thing here? Wikitravel.org. This has travel guides for every city and country in the world. Okay. Okay. So my deal for the past couple of weeks, when I say everything, mm-hmm. they have everything. Okay. They have travel guides for Syria. Okay. Which okay. is a destroyed okay. active <laughs> Which is an active war zone, but they have travel guides for it. They do have a travel guide and they at least have the good graces to say that travel to Syria is ugly discouraged. <laughs> well, discouraged is is uh, is certainly one word for it. strongly discouraged. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that, that sounds approximately accurate. Due to an ongoing civil war. Jesus, why 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 have a travel guide for civil war on if it's a war zone? Want to go on vacations there? But if you need it, I got it. Got it. Amazing, amazing. I love it. Um, they have. So, they have. So, so why? So why? Why has? Uh, okay. So let me let me let me let me rewind. Let me let me zoom out a little bit over here. Also, I feel like in that over here, I was kind of channeling uh, dear old Johnny boy from the your sister is a werewolf thing. 
Do you know right. what I'm talking about? Right. Come on, nothing nothing strange going on around here. Just want to talk to you. I don't know. Like <laughs> that that I think is one of the best one of the bits that sticks most for me because I've never heard him do that voice before or since. That was that was the the come on, just want to talk to you. Like that was strictly a one-off voice and I'm glad. I'm glad I haven't heard it before or since. It was good once. It will never be good again if I ever have to hear it again out of his mouth. Uh, it sort of it sort of gets in your mouth like it's full of molasses. <laughs> Yeah, I um, but yeah, to, okay. So I would like to talk a little bit about the astrology of the season. For those who are listening, it is currently November. The new moon it just entered into Scorpio. It is Scorpio is a very watery sign, and uh, so what that means is a lot of people, myself included, uh, most of my friends. Over the last few days have been having it's just been a big old big old big old big old emotional soup big old emotional salad um and it's been also a question soup in the salad okay so have you ever heard of a restaurant called super salad is it a thing is it a regional thing did it only exist in the place where we're from i have to know so we lost like about 30 30 seconds of that. Oh, no. Do we want to take oh. that from the top? Um, how did we lose it? Call dropped. Oh, yikes. Oh, no. I okay, can, yeah. I can edit okay. the recording, so let's just take it from the top. Okay, yeah, so uh, take it back. So what was the last thing that you said? Uh, you, were, I said. you were talking about how it, it's, it's Scorpio and it's watery. Oh, okay. So, for those listening, uh, it is November right now. Um, Scorpio, it's entered the new moon. Scorpio is a water sign. It's very watery. It's very emotional. It's 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 uh, it's got the feeling, right? And so, uh, and so, it's been very. It's just been a great big old emotional time for yours truly and for most of my friends. And we've all just been having these mini little depression episodes and emotional introspections and stuff like that. And, uh, oh, and I, 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 I met uh, as kind of a result of this, or not necessarily directly as a result of this, but at the time that all of this was happening, I uh, met a witch who lives in a bog house in Mississippi. Well, it's called a cob house. It's made of mud. It's a house made of mud and a, li- and a witch lives in there. And, and they're starting a commune. And I want to go there. And I want to live in the mud. They're also opening a barn to live in. I want to live in the loft of a barn. Uh, I don't know. I just feel as though it's my true calling. Um, but so we, we've been just talking me and my friends about just emotional states lately. And a lot of people have been doing processing of uh, past emotional traumas and all of this stuff, but there's also been good stuff. There's also been healing. There's also been caring. There's also been feeling. There's also been sharing. Uh, and, and, you know, but I mean, it, it's, it's been, it's been a good time. It's been a mixed bag, but the net effect I think has been good because processing is always good because it helps us, continue and grow and move forward and so on um so yeah 
Why did the moon have to enter Scorpio? Why do moons ever have to enter into water signs? Why do I have to cry for two days? Why, 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 what's going on? What's going on around here? Just want to talk to you. Here's a a wide question for you. Okay, wide question. What is it? A wide question. Why is there a travel guide for Syria when the first thing that it says is, Australian travelers should note that it is an offense for Australians to enter or remain in the province of Al Raqqa without a valid reason. Why do you have a travel guide <laughs> for a country you can go to jail for entering? <laughs> well, okay, so the province of Al Raqqa, I kind of get that because there's like active, ongoing ISIS stuff. I can understand why certain countries would make it a felony to go into ISIS territory. I mean, like, and, and this isn't metaphorical. I mean, literally, you're going into ISIS territory. What you better is, have a good reason. How, how do you have an honest to God above ground ISIS travel guy? <laughs> oh, man. There's some very, there's some very interesting like uh gray areas of the law when it comes to just like things that exist that shouldn't um and like uh you you can you can uh go there there are manufacturers of these like psychedelic compounds and they're only supposed to be research chemicals for like neurochemists and people doing like you know like serotonin manipulation in the brain and stuff like that. like that's the only reason these things are supposed to exist but you can just go to the manufacturers and say oh yeah i'm a university send it to my address and they'll and they'll send you they'll send you drugs scott there are... why why can you why can you just go to a manufacturer and say I'm a university and there not be any further checks or balances in place? That's what I want to know. There are weird things that make it just open, clear as day to find. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm still on the site, and they have an entry for Darfur, right? There's only one bit of information mm-hmm. in the entire article. Everything else, every other category has nothing mm-hmm. except for one one sentence. Mm-hmm. The Darfur region is currently under a near genocidal campaign by the government. Exercise extreme caution. Why? Who would travel there? Who would do that? Uh, I don't get it. I As Borat would say, why? Why? Warning says, those visiting for business research or international aid purposes should consult with the organization and seek expert guidance before planning a trip. I want to know. I want to know what kind of business needs you to go to Darfur. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I could see it like if you're working for like, uh, 
I don't know, Amnesty International. Like I could see that happening. But also, you know that you probably shouldn't be going there if the travel guide site says you should seek expert consultation before thinking about going here. Before <laughs> planning a trip. Before, before planning a before trip. Before going to your wife and kids and being like, hey, honey, I got a summer plans all picked out. <laughs> Don't worry, I got it planned out with the expert. He's an expert in travel because he has to be, because it's a felony to enter in most cases. <laughs> the thing is, they specifically, they specifically single out international mm-hmm. aid, mm-hmm. but also if you want to go for business. Yeah. And I can't, for the life of me, think what kind of business... If you... <laughs> Let me just say this. Yes. If you have a business... <laughs> that part of the job description is go to Darfur and do business there. <laughs> this, but, this, is but, not, this is not how you want to be planning your trip. You oh, already have your trip planned out. You've done the whole thing on the dark web. You have a dozen bodyguards with RPGs you, on your little charter plane. You're not busy. You travel.org. Mm-hmm. Also, I've noticed a really interesting thing. So I saw a post the other day about Airbnb, right? And so here's the thing about uh, hotels, motels, holiday inns. <laughs> better get your friend. Not to Darfur. Better just get your friend. Don't take them to Darfur because that's not a felony but you do need expert consultation before you go there. Um, But hotels, motels, places where you stay. (laughs) There was a rhyme there. There was some kind of rhyme. I couldn't figure out an A rhyme, though. Anyway, point being, hotels and motels are regulated uh, at the state and federal level, like can't have rats in there can't have more than a certain number of people to a room with a certain limitation of beds or, you know, like just, just like basic, like cleanliness and hygiene and safety. Um, And like one of those things is like, you have to uh, have your ID when you check into a motel room, because like in the days when hotels and motels and other like flop house type things were unregulated, um, you could go into a flop house or an unregulated boarding house or whatever and sign your name as Marilyn Monroe, right? And then you pay the 25 cents for the night or whatever because this was, you know, a long time ago. And, and then they figured out, hey, people are uh, running from the law and staying in motel rooms, signing their names as John Doe or Jane Roe or whoever, right? Right. So we can't have that. So we've got, and, and, you know, and not, and I don't even think I necessarily agree with that. Cause I mean, if somebody wants to sign in with the name John Doe, let them sign in with the name John Doe. Who cares? Who cares? Let it, if, if, if they committed a crime in another place and they evaded capture for long enough to get to that motel, let them keep going. Let them keep doing their thing. They're, they're resourceful enough as it is, it seems. Let them just keep on just doing their thing. Follow your dreams, but don't commit felonies. Follow your dreams, but don't go to the Al-Raqqa 
uh, region of Syria because that also and, is a felony. It's a felony, and I want to I want to bring this point home <laughs> really quick. There's one more yes. piece of this wiki that I'll highlight. Okay, this is I I've pulled up the article for Mogadishu, Somalia. Okay, which for those who don't know mm-hmm. is a collapsed state. Mm-hmm. The country barring the small region mm-hmm. is it's basically Mad Max. It's almost exactly Mad Max. Mm-hmm. So here's a warning. I, I want I want to point out the warning and then I want to point out what comes after the warning. Mm-hmm. But here's a warning. Mm-hmm. That the US State Department and most Western nations advise that you avoid all travel to Mogadishu for any reason. Mm-hmm. They explain a little bit. They talk about how in 2016 there were 14 documented attacks mm-hmm. in Mogadishu. They say independent travel will most likely result in your death. And here is what they say. So then they go into like a little explanation of what Mogadishu is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap this up by saying, and I quote, and I quote mm-hmm. visiting Mogadishu is discouraged, but if you must travel there, you will find this guide extremely helpful. <laughs> That's, uh, well. What sort of conditions mean that you, you must travel there, that you must where independent travel will most likely result in your death. What advice do you give that will be extremely helpful in avoiding your death? Like the, but yes, I well, love. well, gosh, honey, well, gosh, honey, I know it's a, I know it's a collapsed state, but these airline tickets are just too good deal to pass up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's only five dollars. <laughs> Uh, well, look at that, sweetie. They're paying us to go. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I think I heard something about Mogadishu in the news recently. I think there was like I mean, recently a terrorist attack or something. There's, it, it would be a news. Listen, it would be a news event if there wasn't a terrorist attack there. That, uh... Here, here, here's what they say about staying safe in Mogadishu. They say the city remains extremely dangerous and near suicidal for independent travelers. So... Armed... How... I I find it fascinating that Mogadishu isn't like part of an active like war zone, but the travel guides explain. Oh, is it part of an active war zone? It, for all intents and purposes, is uh, Al Shabaab is constantly targeting the city, and it's it's Mad Max with suicide bombers. They they're they're like lemmings. They're just. (laughs) <laughs> they're just running they're running up to the hotel 
I've, I've got a semi-related <laughs> topic. It has to do with... How? What to topic do is it? It has to do with running and death, so... <laughs> what topic can be semi-related to suicide bombing <laughs> lemmings? So... For those of you who don't know, may I talk about the, uh, the 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 privileges that were recently vested upon you by the United States federal government? Uh, yes, yes, I can provide. Okay. A little backstory. Uh, okay. Recently, I made the life-altering decision mm-hmm. to be an ordained minister by mm-hmm. the Church of the Latter Day Dude. Yeah, which for those who don't know is this mock site made by people who were really, really into the Big Lebowski. And if you want, you can go onto their site and for free in five minutes, you become a priest recognized by the United States government to do things like perform marriages preside over funerals i know it sounds like the worst scam imaginable but this is an honest to god real thing i uh this is a a little this little group that when they got themselves recognized by the united states government the government says okay you sign people up however you want and if you're if you're gonna vet them then we're gonna accept it and they'll be priests. Here's what I love about <clears throat> about the inevitable process, right? Because the the original name of the fandom, like the peop- the name of the people in the fandom, because there's been kind of like a cult following of the Big Lebowski, like with many uh, Coen Brothers movies, right? And so uh, Big Lebowski was one of them. And so they've got kind of similar, like a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of following, or like you know, like a Midnight Showing of the Room kind of following. Um, but it, you know, it goes back a while because because the movie is uh, God, I guess about twenty years old now. Shit. Well, so it all started. Uh, interestingly enough, of all places, it started in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, it started out with. A- guy and he uh he just made some shirts that said little lebowski urban achiever and it was just a reference to this movie that at the time is still very obscure this was 2001 um the movie had only come out a few years ago it didn't have like a big cult following but you know he made it for himself and a few friends and he made like a tiny little uh like ebay store and some people around louisville you know or like he just sold them around and so people would you know see each other with the shirts and they would say to each other, like your name is Lebowski Lebowski, you know, or things like that, just references to the movie. And then, um, and then it became like a big thing and they got together and held festival and they like went to the places where all the stuff was filmed and they found like, uh, the Sobchak laundromat, um, which is a real place in Los Angeles or was, I don't know if it still is. Um, but I mean, yeah, but it became a thing as many cult followings do. Um, cult movie followings, not cult religious followings. 
But so uh, they started out as the little Lebowski Urban Achievers, and I love the fact that some of the Urban Achievers went to the United States federal government and said, we'd like to start a priesthood, please. And the United States federal government said, there's nothing that sounds goofy or silly or absurd about that. We'll, we'll okay, we will uh, allow you to have a priesthood, right? But so now Scott is uh, an ordained priest by the Church of Our Latter-day Dude. And, uh, this, and is, so, this is a fully legally yeah. binding thing that yeah. took five minutes answering questions over the internet. Yeah. You pop in a little form, you put your email in, you send it <laughs> off, they give you a certificate, mm. and you're good to go. Here's what I love. We we both learned things about the legal marriage process that we hadn't learned before that I'm very relieved to know now exist, but I never would have thought to ask them as questions, right? So there's a few documents that an ordained priest would present to like a courthouse. They would present a marriage certificate saying, hey, these people want to get married. I'm a priest and I say it's cool, so here's the certificate. Here's my letter of good standing to say that they are good members of the community, whatever. And there's a separate form, a separate letter that, that the priest writes and says, uh, to the best of my knowledge, nobody uh, involved in or participating in this marriage uh, was kidnapped or held hostage during the proceedings of it. Right. And I never even would have thought that that would be a thing that you would need to ask, but I'm glad now that the government asks those questions because yes, if I was held hostage, I would not want to be married, you know? Um, And I would want a third party to verify that yes, in fact I am or am not being held hostage so that it can be nullified or approved accordingly. And, uh, but so I started thinking about this whole presiding over funerals thing because, uh, like most good millennials, uh, I have a particular affinity towards nihilism and just sort of like a general interest with it. And, uh, and, I, and, and I just like it. I just think nihilism is a good thing. And so as a result, I spend a lot of time thinking about like the meaninglessness of things and death. And, you know, and it all sounds very grim, but it's actually kind of like nice to reflect on from like a philosophical standpoint and all that stuff. So inevitably one day we're all going to have to die. Right. And I've made my peace with that. Um, partially also because I deal with physical disabilities in my day-to-day life. And when you deal with physical disabilities, your own mortality comes in a very sharp focus. Right. And so I've thought, well, what do I want to do? Cause I, I don't want to be, well, first of all, I don't want my organs cut out to be filled with newspaper or cotton than to have formaldehyde pumped through all my veins and put in a casket that literally costs as much as a Lexus, right? Like they have caskets out there now that cost 10,000, 20,000, 30, 40, $50,000, depending on who you go to and what you're getting. And, uh, and it's all just for a box. It's all just for a box to put a body in the ground, you know? And I don't want that because once I'm dead, I won't care where I'm sleeping because I'll just be sleeping. I won't be aware of any of it. And so I was thinking, okay, well, practically cremation would be good. It's quick. It's cheap. It's easy. Uh, You don't need to, you don't need to mess around with $30,000 caskets. And I was thinking, wait a minute, 
practical advice. They could put me in the oven, then produce my ashes, and then I could have my ashes put in a Folgers can. And that's kind of like reference to the And I was thinking, how perfect would that be to have a Folgers can as an urn and to have a priest preside over my funeral who is ordained by the Church of the Latter-day Dude? Perfect, right? And then I thought, okay, well, I've got this Folgers can. So what, what other things would I want? Well, I'd want my ashes to be scattered on a Saturday and, you know, blah, 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 and all this different stuff. And some of it, you know, is serious stuff that I want to happen. And some of it is just, you know, memes for the sake of memes, right? Which, uh, which I'm perfectly okay with because uh, once I'm dead, I'm not going to be fussy over like the details of my wedding. I'll be dead, you know? And so, uh, and so I thought, okay, well, I want to have my ashes put in a Folgers can and I want, you know, all these different parameters. And I was like, wait a minute. What if unbeknownst to my grieving family and friends and other community members, uh, Scott were to take a big old bag of confetti, put it in there with the ashes, shake it up a bunch so that it's good and mixed in there. And then... uh, (laughs) I think there was something about... Dressing up as a ghoul. <laughs> yeah, dressing up as a ghoul, putting confetti in there. But like but like dressing up in like, you know, priest habits, but like having like a pembl- a pender pender pendleton jacket on over it. So you get the good mix of like, you know, the priest stuff and then you get the, you know, Arizona, New Mexico geometric patterns and stuff and and whatever. And so then, all, you know, all of my family is gathered around and my friends are gathered around the community for the somber occasion and whatever. And, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then Scott, my dear trusted, also grieving friend would traumatize everybody gathered in attendance by dumping out the ashes with the confetti in there <laughs> and, and getting and just and just like and just gently gingerly just sprinkling ash confetti on those people gathered around and then scott said wait a minute i can do one better instead of doing it for your family and friends we, you, we i can just skip through the streets of town and, every, and everybody who i pass i just toss some confetti ash into their eyes and just do that for every person i meet and i don't know why but when he was describing this to me, I literally, I, I, I think I almost actually gave myself a hernia. This, it, because it's, it's just the most ghoulish thing that I could do. Like, just, I'm dead and gone, but I'm still being just, just a goblin from the grave. You know? And like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's it's things like that. It's it's being able to take the inevitable reality of something and make it fun, make it funny, make it mischievous. But I, you know, not actually scattering ashes into people's eyes because that would be like you know a sanitation hazard and probably like actually literally traumatizing. So I wouldn't want to actually do that. But I would want to have confetti in my ashes. I it would probably be best to like let everybody know and like write it down in my last will and testament when when they put my ashes in the Folgers can put like a pack of confetti in there you know because i don't know it just 
I don't know. I, I, th- I think we think of death in, 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 in a way that's entirely too somber. And, and when, when it's a time of like grave sadness, like, I don't know. I, I almost feel like in a way it can impede the healing process, if that makes sense. And, and so I want to, I, I kind of want to, I do kind of want to make my whole thing into a goof, you know, like, like, uh, we, you know, we don't have to necessarily have a party when I die or we could, you know, I mean, again, I'll be dead. I won't care, but, uh, but I mean, you know, take the serious thing and put some confetti in there, you know? And by the way, now that I say that I am positive, somebody, somebody out there has done that. They've said, I want my ashes scattered at such and such and such and such. Oh, and also I want there to be confetti. I'm sure I'm positive. It's been done. Somebody has thought of that and has actually done it. This is. And and we've given a tremendous amount of thought into this. Uh, My plan. If, if a woman with confetti ash in her eyes, turns to tries to turn to me turns around behind her but trying to turn to me and says ghoul man why did you put this confetti ash in my eyes Mm -hmm. and i'll and i'll say the best part of waking up is ashes in your cup (laughs) jesus mary i um I don't know, but I, but I mean, and that's, I think sort of switching into a more like semi, uh, uh, real sort of thing on that, like to a certain extent, like we have to be able at least conceptually, like, you know, not to like laugh at other people's deaths, but I mean, like, well, when you can, you can. Well, I mean, it would certainly be ill-advised. I'm sure many people would take offense to that. But I mean, like, when it comes to, like, our own mortality, like, not just, like, coming to terms with it, like, don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid of this, like, natural, like, step in a cycle of life, right? Like, come to terms with it and then have fun with it, you know? Uh, you don't have to put confetti in your ashes, but like uh, play, der- it, m- make it such that like write down in your last will and testament. Okay. I do want to be put in a casket. And then as people are viewing and grieving over my body, I just want Darude by Stan's sandstorm by Darude played on repeat for, for just like 120 times or however long a funeral lasts. I don't know, but I, I just want, sandstorm by Darude to play just on loop just for the whole thing and also i'm sure somebody has done that but it but it, it, it's it's doing things like that it's having fun it's having a goof it's it's taking these things that we have such negative horrifying trips on and being able to laugh at them i also think that there's a very therapeutic value in acceptance of like fear and negativity as a thing and being able to laugh at that. Right. But I mean, not like genuine, like if somebody else is terrified, but being able to like laugh at your own fear because that helps you cope or it helps me cope. I don't know if it helps everybody cope, but it's helped me tremendously. And I think it can for other people too, because again, like, 
we're living creatures. We're going to all be afraid at some point. So we might as well um, have some fun with it. And speaking of like that as kind of like a funny thing, um, I was watching this video on YouTube. There's this game called stick fight and it's a local multiplayer game. People plug in their controllers and you're just little stick people and and you pick up different guns and you jump all about the environment and your goal is to kill everybody and the last person standing wins the round and the, mo- the person who wins the most rounds by the end of the game wins the game for that session. And so, you know, that's kind of the general rules of it. And there's a, there's a gun in there called the black hole gun and you shoot it off and true to form, it creates a black hole that slowly starts sucking in things more and more powerfully as it grows bigger and the black hole itself gets bigger and inevitably it will kill everything on the map and you just have to make sure that you're the last thing to die in comparison to the other players on the map. So, there was a group of YouTubers playing it. There was four of them. Three of them had played it and one hadn't. And so the black hole gun appears and it drops down from the top and all three people are like, oh my god, black hole gun. And so they all start scrambling for it. And then the fourth guy's like, what? What's going on here? And so there's a windmill on the map. And they had to shove themselves in between the blades of the windmill uh, to like protect themselves from getting just like immediately sucked into the black hole. Right? And so... The person fires off the black hole and he gets into the windmill and he's like, this is my black hole. This is my black hole. And, and the, and the guy who doesn't know what's going on, he's like, he's like growing genuinely. He, he's, he's, he, there's a genuine panic emerging from his voice and he's saying, Oh my God, what is that? What is that? What is that? And I don't know. It's like, it's just things like that. Like, and, and like, that is a perfect example, like laughing at genuine panic in someone's voice. Cause it's not like a panic as in like, I'm afraid that I'm going to be harmed. It's just like, Oh, it's just stick people fighting on a screen. But like, that's, I don't know. I think of that as being a good analogy for like, just shit can be funny. Sometimes even when it's not stick people, sometimes even when it's us, the real people having fear, sometimes we can laugh at that, you know? Um, Or if other people invite us to laugh at their fear, you know, like that is a thing that we should be comfortable doing. Right. Um, Just insofar as like, whenever somebody asks you to view or respond to something in a way that's most respectful to their experience, we should try our best to do that just in all cases. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I love how it started with scattering death ashes into people's eyes and we've gotten into a place of you know what we should just really respect everybody i feel like i feel like the last few episodes of wanton soup have become a really grim uh mr rogers neighborhood if that makes sense right we've and we've done all we can to make that happen yeah i mean Oh, one second here. Doing technical stuff. Okay, 
41 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, I, but I don't know. I, I really, I really enjoy being able to record this podcast, uh, because it runs the gamut. Like the first few episodes, like, I, I think we did like a one or two episode special about the Oklahoma city bombings, the Unabomber, uh, Ruby Ridge and Waco. Right. And we've we've run the full gamut of like giving this historical breakdown of this event and like how it shaped like modern uh, like public relations as we as people relate to like the federal government and stuff and and just like how it's changed the conversation with that. And so being able to do everything from giving historical breakdowns to just becoming goblins and just scattering confetti in people's eyes, you know, like, and, and, and that's the beautiful thing for me, at least about recording this show. As soon as the mic starts rolling, as soon as we go on the air, I never know what's coming. I never know what's going to happen. I never know what kind of episode it's going to be until the episode is over. And then it's there. You know what I mean? It's like an audio only always sunny in Philadelphia is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. And I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I was talking about that with friends recently. And for those who don't know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is really good and really funny. Uh, there is a lot of really, uh, I guess what you would call these days, like problematic humor. Uh, there's a lot of homophobia, a lot of transphobia or whatever, but there's also well, a lot of... Well, I mean, of... until you get to, like... Yeah. Well, I won't spoil. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's kind of a mixed bag, but the... But I think one of the, like, consistently redeeming qualities about that show is that Danny DeVito is on every episode of that show. And, yeah. and Danny DeVito is a goblin man. And and that's what I love about Danny DeVito's character on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, because his character, Frank Reynolds, is a goblin. Frank he's, he's, Reynolds, a go- he's a goblin. It, Frank Reynolds is the exact embodiment of what I expect Danny DeVito to act like in real life, just based on how he exists, right? So, saying things like, Oh, look, oh, no, I've dropped my monster condom for my magnum dong, you know, like that kind of stuff. He, he's he's very funny. Everybody on the show is 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 outstandingly funny. And one of the things on the show is uh, Charlie. He's a goofball. He's a wild card. And so he goes on this date. And they're sitting down and he says, I'd like your finest milk steak uh, boiled hard. And I, <laughs> and I would like that with a side of your finest raw jelly beans, please. Right. And so, and so it's just a goof, but so milk steak has become one of the more common references in the show. And so a friend of mine was thought that, when you leave old milk out and it forms the solid coagulated layer on top, that's the milk stick. Oh, and, no. and so everybody was like, no, no, they explained this on the show. You take a steak, boil it hard, marinate it in milk, and then you have milk steak. 
and and uh and she says no i know i'm right about this god damn it this happens every time that we talk about milk steak <laughs> every time <laughs> you know, goddamn, every every time i'm just out there talking about milk steak someone they go and get the wrong idea <laughs> but i mean yeah like that was i don't know like that's that one of the things was yesterday and and it was great but what were you saying that's and that's one of the things i love about uh you know i'm assuming most people would be listening to this know about binging with babish uh, youtube channel that goes and uh makes foods that show up on tv on movies and uh oh, this guy goes telling me about that yeah and so this guy goes and covers uh, a lot of always sunny in philadelphia mm-hmm. uh stuff uh rum ham fight milk riot juice <laughs> and you know so you can fight like a crow yeah <laughs> i i i love i love riot juice because apparently it's only blue curacao and vodka and that's all that it is and it sounds like an abomination well in my the official recipe off of this YouTube video. Which I'm trying to pull... I think it's... it's a sh- well, I'm thinking the show version is probably a shit ton of grain alcohol and some... Oh, I'm sure, blue, yeah. And, and some blue-flavored Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds more true to form, yeah. And on yeah. the... Um, yeah, on the show proper, on the... Uh, not the show proper. On binging with Babish, she does like still shit ton of grain alcohol, and then there's some blue liqueur type thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually supposed to be really decent, but um, he actually does milk steak two different ways. Okay. He does the original version, which. If I believe best of my knowledge, you take the steak, take a, a perfectly good steak, <laughs> you get some you get some milk in in the pan. <laughs> you get it you get nice you get nice and boiling, you put the steak in, <laughs> you you make sure it gets really just gray and flabby. <laughs> and you just slap it on that plate. Get your finest raw jelly beans up in there and just have yourself a good time. I have... Okay, hold on. I think there might actually be a way to make that that wouldn't be too bad if you're just like frying it in milk. Like like if you're not drenching it in milk, but like I I could see if you like boiled like a small layer of milk. I could see that potentially being an, a not horrific thing. Cuz see here's an interesting thing. There was this uh Mexican place uh in a place where I lived and one of their big things was they had uh um they had all kinds of different tacos and stuff and uh they had 
you know, like different cuts of beef, like uh, beef, like they had barbacoa, they had tripe, they had lingua and all that stuff. And it was cooked in Coca-Cola. I'm not joking. It was cooked in Coca-Cola and, uh, and they would cut out like a ring of pineapple and they would sort of like fry it in Coca-Cola and pineapple. And it came out really good. And my thinking is if you could take tripe and cook it in Coca-Cola and it turn out really, really, really good, I'm sure you could find a way to make a good tasting milk steak. I'm sure it can be done. I mean, I would wonder what would happen if you did like some kind of sous vide in milk or something like that, but that wouldn't really have an effect. What he does is delight a delightfully extra way to go about it. <laughs> uh, you're talking a he take he takes like bacon and short rib, and he gets like this gravy going and goes and braises it in milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, does stuff like rosemary and carrots, makes like a proper stock out of it. Mm-hmm. Goes and makes some bacon gravy. And just talk about roux and just makes it look like something out of a $300 New York dinner. The whole thing comes out to be a couple of cubes and some dots of green stuff, which is something I never really got behind. Uh, yeah. I know that there's a whole big world of fine dining, but mm-hmm. when I get the food, I would very much like to eat the food. I would. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to pay $500 for two cubes of food, decorative vegetables mm-hmm. that I'm just going to put to the side. Mm-hmm. And dots, I do not want to pay an extra two hundred dollars for the pleasure of dots on my plate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like with five star Michelin restaurants, like okay, I get that there's a certain element of like okay, you're paying for the experience and they're using good ingredients and the people doing it for a long time and it's presented really nicely and all that stuff, but. Same as you, I couldn't, there, there's just some stuff that's, that's done for the sake of lavishness, right? Like there, you, you can buy, and I, and I don't know why, but you can buy a $6,000 pizza with gold flakes on the top. You're, you're, you're paying $6,000 for the, for the privilege of eating chunks of metal on your pizza well i mean you know thinly sliced uh like flakes of metal on your pizza entire gold ingots just you know it displaces the sauce and yeah (laughs) i but but i mean but why but why 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 um also black truffles i I don't understand black truffles as a cooking mechanism because like it adds like a certain like savory saltiness to it. But if you want to add a savory saltiness to it, use salt, you know, even if you use some kind of like fancy, 
like do, do they use pink Himalayan salt for cooking? Is that a thing? They do. It gets used in a decent okay. amount of dishes. Okay, that's interesting. I did not know that. I will take that in mind. Yeah, uh, actually, on the uh, binging with Babish topic, he makes a uh, Himalayan ketchup for a regular show themed episode, and it's got it's got that Himalayan pink salt. It's got a, a couple of other deals. It's got let's see, it's uh, I'm actually going to pull it up. It's got olive oil, ginger, uh, term, uh, turmeric. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, bird's eye chili, garlic, cinnamon, chili powder, cumin, and uh, Himalayan salt, and a bunch of other stuff. Interesting. And if you're willing to literally you know, scour the globe, Wes Anderson style, get yourself a veritable uh, wiki travel of <laughs> ingredients, yeah, then you can make yourself some of this. It's supposed to be really just fantastic. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm trying to think of fictional foods now that I would like to just generally but i can't think of any what 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 is what is a what does a snozberry taste like like how how would you make such a thing uh well i i have it on some good authority <laughs> that the snozberries taste like snozberries you know, I, I, I should have seen that one coming. I should have seen that one coming, but I didn't. And now I've just, I've reversed into another car. Everyone was clapping. I, I just, just the, just the, just the holding dang thing about it. That's a, that's a, and that's a story for another episode, or maybe it's already in an episode. We have a lot of past episodes of we'll, Try and put up, but maybe it'll gosh, gosh darn it. If it's not a story worth repeating every episode at the exact same time, we just stop what we're doing, just bring it on. Yeah, I think that <sighs> I'm remembering this phrase that I heard from the internet a guy was telling a story about how he got a testicular torsion and he had to go to the hospital and get it fixed and all I remember is him saying the phrase and I don't remember what exactly the context of the phrase was in the larger conversation but I remember the phrase and now I can't get it out of my head who's this faggot with the twisty newt and I and and it just it's been kind of haunting me the last few days because I can't remember where exactly the phrase came from, who said it, what the context was, but now my brain is dying because I want to know the context behind who is the faggot with the twisty newt. Who is he? <laughs> I uh <laughs> I, 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 
Jesus. Jesus, you know. And on that note, on that note, our naughty sinners, uh, we sure hope that you've liked this episode with our fancy new recording techniques and our fancy new this stuff. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we've reached the uh, we, we yeah, we've reached, reached the end. We've reached the end. We have reached the punishment for you naughty sinners. The end of this program.